The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Avengers, time to work for a living. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I am on the side of life. You get hurt, hurt him back. You get killed, walk it off. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. Welcome to episode 5 of Some Assembly Required, your weekly adventure into the annals of Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers. This week, we will be taking a look at Fantastic Four number 25 and number 26, the Hulk versus the Thing, and the Avengers take over. So this is our first attempt at covering two issues. This may go wonderfully, beautifully, amazingly, or there may be wailing, gnashing of teeth, and flames at the end. You're going to have to stick around and see what happens. I make no promises. So both of our issues are written by Stan Lee, pencils by Jack Kirby, and inks by George Bell. Issue 25 has letters by Sam Rosen, and issue 26 has letters by Art Simic. So let's go ahead and jump right into the issues. First thing I do want to point out is we've got a really nice cover for Fantastic Four number 25. Overall, I'm kind of generally disappointed with the Avengers covers we've gotten so far, the first four. They're not bad, but they're not great. This is a strong cover, though. The colors are just really, really vivid. Got some action on the cover. There are a ton of words, which is kind of a Silver Age cover thing. Although, admittedly, the Silver Age is not the only one that's guilty of that. But there's a lot of words. And that detracts a little bit. It's a solid cover. So I also do want to point out that getting into these two issues, they are Fantastic Four issues. So the focus of the issue is actually about the Fantastic Four. And really, we're talking about it because of its tie-in with the Avengers. They're kind of a guest star to the issue. And we'll get into the the why here towards the end of the episode. So this issue has a very typical Fantastic Four start in that the family is arguing. It's kind of one of the things they're known for. They're very normal interpersonal relationships. So you've got Reed Richards, who is Mr. Fantastic, who can stretch himself. You have Sue Storm, who is the Invisible Girl. She will go by different names later on, but currently she is using the Invisible Girl. And she can make herself invisible and create force fields. You have Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, which is kind of self-explanatory. He makes himself light on fire and he can fly. And then you have the Thing, who is this kind of rocky, monstrous-looking character who's super strong and very resilient. And the other three, aside from Ben Grimm, the Thing, can pass as normal. The Thing, on the other hand, really can't. He kind of has to go in disguise frequently. So a lot of these early issues, Reed Richards is off looking for some kind of cure to change him back from the Thing into Ben Grimm. And Ben's kind of not having this in the sense that Ben really wants to be able to transform back and forth at will and not just give up his powers. And that's where we find the Fantastic Four here is the thing and Mr. Fantastic are arguing about a formula that Mr. Fantastic has developed that should transform him back into Ben Grimm. Admittedly, in the thing's defense, I don't know that I would drink something that Reed Richards freely admits to having invented by accident. The consequences of that are unknown, to say the least. I mean, even though Reed is a super scientist, there still should be some like science involved instead of accidents. Putting an end to the fight, the thing's blind girlfriend, Alicia, comes up to the Baxter building with a newspaper asking if someone can read it to her. And it's actually a nice little tie-in because the headline for the newspaper is discussing the Avengers' return to the United States after fighting Hulk and Namor, which is obviously what we just saw in the last issue. 
That's one of those things that I really love about these comics is you get a great sense of the shared universe that these Marvel heroes inhabit, especially in the early days. Not only do the characters and the things that they do impact the other books, they also make a lot of cameos. We've already seen Iron Man using his projection device to go contact Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four and X-Men. So these characters really are heroes, I mean, A, in the same city, but also in, in the larger sense in a shared universe. So quickly we jump from New York and the Baxter building to once again somewhere in the Southwest where two truckers are unable to make their way down the road due to a boulder placed in the road by the Hulk who wants a lift. He's trying to get somewhere. It's, it's unclear where he's trying to go specifically. He dumps out most of their cargo and jumps in the back of the truck and kind of falls asleep and turns back into Banner. Eventually, the truck is stopped at a checkpoint looking for the Hulk, and Banner goes running out of the back of the truck because he doesn't want to be discovered. Of course, the truck stops very near Hulk's secret laboratory, and we actually get a really nice transition from Banner to Hulk kind of in the shadow of some rocks, and they use that shadow to great effect where it looks like the Hulk and the green is literally washing over Banner from left to right. And it, it gives you that sense that it's not it's not an instantaneous thing. You know, it really just kind of overcomes him like a wave. It's great, great art. And, of course, our heroes, the Avengers, or in this case, some of the heroes, the Avengers, are hot on Hulk's trail. And they find the wrecked cargo that Hulk had left behind. So Rick Jones inadvertently lets it slip, though, that Hulk is probably going to his secret lab which the Avengers go, I'm sorry, you said secret lab? Go on, please. And Rick has that moment of, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I said too much, I can't say anymore. Because at this point, you know, you've already said that much, just let it go. The guys are trying to help. They're trying to control Hulk. They're at least trying to do it with his best interest in mind. The Avengers are not Thunderbolt Ross. Of course, Hulk, back in his lab, wants nothing to do with Puny Banner and destroys the lab. And just so happens to find a folded up newspaper that Banner had in his pocket, talking about the Avengers having replaced him with Captain America. And he says, that's it. I can't do this. I'm going to wipe out the Avengers. They replaced me. How could they? Even though I quit the team. Because remember, they didn't kick Hulk off the team. Hulk quit the team. Again, in fairness... They didn't really want Hulk on the team anymore, but Hulk was the one who actually said, screw it, I'm out. So while the Avengers in their helicopter make their way further into the Southwest, Hulk passes by them doing his bounding leaps thing and makes his way to New York, where we once again find the Fantastic Four. And Reed Richards has collapsed, apparently working on all these various viruses and whatnot to try and find a cure for Ben Grimm, has caused Reed to inadvertently infect himself with something, something, something science. It's really fuzzy and unclear, other than Reed's experimentations have gone horribly wrong and he's in a coma, which he will wake up from and lapse into about a dozen times before the end of the issue. Well, the end of the two issues, really. So Johnny goes off to find a doctor, but instead of calling a doctor, or calling to let the doctor know that he's coming to get him, he just jumps in the fantastic car and takes off. Okay, fine. That's not so terrible. Except then that Johnny abandons the fantastic car. Except that Johnny sees a building collapse and on closer inspection realizes it's the Hulk smashing the building. And so he decides to go confront the Hulk. Reed Richards is suffering from an extremely severe medical condition. One that has now put him in a coma. And you are flying to go get him medical help. And you stop to fight the Hulk. 
abandoning the Fantastic Car, which I would like to think has an autopilot to like set it down. But like he bailed out of the Fantastic Car and just left it going. You know, kind of what I'm thinking is maybe that the Fantastic Car gets to the doctor's office and is just kind of parked there. For no good reason. Like, everyone's trying to figure out where it came from and what it's doing there. And it's basically just sitting there. You know, a cop's writing it a ticket or something for parking. Something something like that. That'd be fun. Anyway, Johnny is not much of a match for the Hulk in most regards. I mean, Johnny's a kid at this point. He's probably about 16, if I remember correctly. So he's doing his best, but it doesn't go very well. And, of course, word gets back to the rest of the Fantastic Four of what's happening. And so Sue and the Thing decide they need to go help Johnny. Again, keeping this in mind, Reed is suffering from some kind of very serious medical condition. Sue and and Ben are looking after him, and then they leave these very, very sick men unattended to go fight the Hulk. Thank you, comic books. Makes all of my really irresponsible decisions in life sound so much better. I haven't left anyone to die of a horrible, unknown illness in... Well, ever, really. I mean, the worst I did was not take out the trash. So much better. Just prior to the fight, when the Fantastic Four are actually getting dropped off by, it looks like a cop, although there's also a lot of soldiers around, the cop talks about not wanting to use nuclear weapons on Midtown Manhattan. Like, that was an option to start with. Nuking, like, half of Manhattan somehow is a viable option in this guy's mind. I'd like to think that he doesn't have his finger on the button, but apparently this is how he feels, that this is the only way we can defeat the Hulk is nuclear weapons. Anyways, Sue and Ben quickly join the fight. Sue, unfortunately, in, 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 I hate to say Marvel fashion, but in this time period, it really is. In Marvel fashion, Sue is almost immediately overwhelmed and faints because that's what happens with women in Marvel at the time. And so she's now removed from the fight. And now it's up to the Thing and the Hulk to duke it out. And effectively from this point on, the rest of the issue is just Hulk and Thing fighting. Now, it's a lot of fun. It's a great fight. I'm not going to go super into the details of it because it is a 10-page fight. I mean, there are a lot of fun things, but for the most part, it's, it's a lot of the same. There is some really fantastic banter back and forth, especially from the Thing. I love how he has just constantly got a good sense of humor and is really upbeat about this fight. Even when he's losing the fight, he still has a great sense of humor. It's not quite the Spider-Man one-liners, but there's a lot of just really great dialogue between the two. There's a point at which Hulk throws Thing into a building and then starts shaking the building to try and pry him loose. And Thing decides that he needs to let go of the building before the Hulk wrecks the building. And given how much the building moves on the, between these couple of panels, I think we've crossed that threshold already. I mean, that's just my opinion. I do have some background here in engineering. You know, take it for what you will, but there's just a significant chance that building's coming down. Halfway through the fight, Reed decides he wants to try and help out and he gets himself to a window and then collapses again because they left the sick man alone. The dying man, the man in a coma, at least in and out of a coma, is at home watching television like he has a cold. And again, doesn't go well for a Reed. We also do get a brief introduction to the Yancey Street Gang, at least for those of us who are Avengers and not Fantastic Four readers. Basically, the Yancey Street Gang is a gang that Ben Grimm was a member of as a kid, and they look at him as kind of a traitor because he went off and got educated. It's a lot of blue-collar guys, and in general, they tend to, like, play pranks on the thing. So finally, almost at the end of this issue, Reed gets a doctor. We're, We're on page 19 by the time Reed actually gets medical attention. And about all the doctor does is put him back in bed and say, ah, he needs more help than I can give him. 
The doctor's actual quote is, I've got to go now. With the Hulk still at large, there's no telling where I'll be needed next. You'll be needed next here. Reed's still sick. So I do actually have one complaint with this particular issue in that I really think the issue should have ended on page 21. There's a great two-thirds page single panel of the Hulk, and it's basically like like it was shot through a TV camera of the Hulk kind of giving the city an ultimatum. I've more important work to do. I'll tear the city apart brick by brick if I have to to find the Avengers. And now there's nothing that can stop me. First, it's a fantastic Hulk. Not quite pinup, but it's a, a great near full page splash of Hulk. And then we go on to another page that isn't nearly as interesting. And quite honestly, the art on this page is not nearly as good as the p- previous page. It really feels to me like they were short on the page count. And so they added this page in at the end just to make the count. And it really, I think, detracts from the overall end of this issue, the overall feel of it. With Thing on the ground and Hulk menacing in the foreground, it feels like he's menacing the the reader. It's a much more suspenseful ending for the book. So that was issue 25. Issue 26, like we mentioned, the Avengers take over. We will actually get a lot more Avengers. They were on for all of about a page and a half in issue 25. Issue 26, they will be a much more integral part of the story. So one of the things I failed to mention earlier is Thing is aware that he can't overpower Hulk. And in fact, Thing and Hulk have met before in Fantastic Four number 12, where Thunderbolt Ross actually hires the Fantastic Four to help him try and figure out what's destroyed this new weapon he's working on. He thinks it's the Hulk because it's Thunderbolt Ross. And the Fantastic Four start off thinking that way, but they eventually figure out it was some Russian spy. But in the process, the Fantastic Four do get to go a couple of rounds with Hulk, who obviously has very impressive strength compared to even the Thing. But Thing realizes he has to outsmart the Hulk. Almost immediately into issue 26, we get him trying to do that. We actually get a great panel. He's basically been beaten down into a hole, and he takes a bunch of rocks and whatnot and grinds it up into dust and throws it at Hulk. But the the image on the page we get is really, really amusing. It really looks like the hole in the ground is just vomiting dirt onto the Hulk. And it's one of, I think, my favorite panels from this issue. Thing takes advantage of that particular moment and reinitiates his physical fight with the Hulk. Meanwhile, Reed Richards is finally getting actual medical attention. It is literally taken effectively an issue for Reed to you know, be treated by medical professionals. We also get a cut to a hospital where Johnny Storm is being treated. And we know it's Johnny Storm because everything is asbestos. So for those unfamiliar with asbestos outside of the mesothelioma commercials that are constantly on television, it's a material that is known for its electrical and heat resistant qualities and was used in a lot of things like insulation and fire retardant material. So in the context of the 1960s, when it was widely used, it actually makes sense for them to use asbestos material for Johnny Storm. His pajamas are asbestos. He's surrounded by asbestos screens. His bandages are made out of asbestos. Looking at it from a modern perspective, we're sitting here going, oh my God, it's lung cancer everywhere. When you look at it in its context of 1964, it makes a lot more sense. So, of course, Johnny wakes up in the hospital and wants to rejoin the fight, takes off his asbestos pajamas, but leaves on the bandages because how else would we remember next page that he's injured unless he's wearing bandages? So now we have Johnny and Thing fighting the Hulk. So as much as I complain about the Avengers not working as a team 
the Fantastic Four really does make an attempt to work as a team. It's not always particularly successful, and that actually really plays into their group dynamic, that kind of bickering family thing. But they are always looking out for one another and always trying to help. You know, it's the idea, like, if you've got an older, younger sibling, you can pick on your sibling as much as you want. But if someone else picks on your sibling, that's a line too far. That has to be dealt with. Much in that way, Johnny decides to help Thing by shooting molten bricks at Hulk again. Because he did this in the last issue, and it worked out so well for him, he ended up in the hospital. Of course, Hulk is much more powerful than the Thing and the Human Torch combined, and quickly knocks them both out of the fight. At which point the army decides it's their turn because that's going to be helpful. And they fire artillery at the Hulk. Now this is actually a really cool sequence where the Hulk catches the artillery shell and uses its force and momentum to redirect it and cause it to launch and explode out above the buildings. It reminds me a lot of in issue three where Iron Man redirects a shell using his magnetic repulsors. I think this is a much cooler effect than that, but again, running with a similar theme. So while Johnny and the Thing attempt to figure out where Hulk is gone, we the reader see that he has disappeared down into the subway tunnels in New York, and Hulk actually commandeers a subway train and starts driving it over to the east side. Now, I love this because we actually get a panel of Hulk as a train conductor, actually driving the train. And I would really love to have seen a panel of like Hulk pulling out of his pocket one of those old school gray and white striped train conductor hats and just sitting there kind of in his cramped little conductor's booth driving the train along. You know, it's like it's either it's some kind of other hobby or like childhood fantasy being fulfilled. You know, those, those trains at like amusement parks that are like intentionally miniaturized where like, you know, one person fits in a little box car, quote unquote. And then there's the person driving the train around. That's what, that's what I want to see, except I want to see Hulk doing that with a subway car. Of course, though, Hulk is making his way to the east side to go to the mansion of Tony Stark, where he knows the Avengers meet, because Hulk is there to surprise them. And I think it's Hulk that actually gets the surprise, because the Hulk walks into a dark room, and then somebody turns the lights on. It's like the Avengers are throwing a surprise party for Hulk. Of course, in this case, the surprise is Hulk bum-rushes everyone grabs Rick Jones, and then smashes his way out of the building. I mean, admittedly, if that happened to me, that's, you know, kind of surprising. I lead a fairly dull life. I'm sure there are people out there for whom Hulk's actions, perfectly normal. That's Tuesday. All right, so we are on page 11 now. So page 3, Reed Richards got medical attention. Page 11, he's better. Not 100%, but he's not dying anymore, and he's going to go join the fight. In eight pages, Reed Richards went from near death to mostly okay. I kind of have a cold right now, and I've had this cold for like a few days. In eight pages, Reed Richards went from a coma to fine, and I've had a cold for a week. Comics, this is bull. But alas, I will still have my cold for a few more days. And Reed's fine-ish. And the Fantastic Four run off to join the fight. Speaking of fight, Wasp gets to do something. That probably came off more sarcastic than it was intended to be. I am looking forward to the point at which Wasp and other female characters get to do more. And we're slowly getting there. Progressively, Wasp will do more and more. She will play a bigger role here, actually, at the end of this issue, though she really doesn't get the credit for it. But Wasp is doing her damnedest to at least slow down Hulk and stop him by creating some kind of buzzing insect vibration in his ear. And Hulk decides to try and stop it by doing that thing where you kind of turn your head. If you've got, if you've got swimmer's ear and you turn your head and you kind of bang on the good ear trying to get the water to to loosen up on the bad ear. 
You ever seen the last episode of Seinfeld, like the series finale, when Kramer starts doing that on the plane and causes the plane to make an emergency landing? That's what Hulk is doing right there. And of course, because he's Hulk and he beats on his own head and hard enough, he's able to knock Wasp out of his ear, at which point he is immediately charged by Captain America. And this is the point in the issue where hilarity ensues, because we get the obligatory combination of superhero teams, and they can't stay out of each other's way. Human Torch causes problems for Cap, Reed Richards accidentally lassos Iron Man's arm, Sue Storm catches Ant-Man, or in this case Giant-Man, in a force field, and Thor just clocks the thing with Mjolnir. This is also a fun two panels where we get one of the thing just about to get hit and then one of of Thor looking and all you see is just things feet as he's thrown off panel. It's a lot of fun. And of course, this is very much a comic book superhero team adventure trope, but it's fun. And so we do it. Of course, the Hulk manages to escape. The two teams end up bantering with one another and kind of arguing and blaming one another for his escape until they finally decide to work together. And in fact, realistically, it's Thing and Thor who really push the two teams together. So I don't know about anyone else, but having read these couple of panels, I now want a Silver Age Thor and Thing team up. Marvel, give me like a five issue miniseries bromance between Thing and Thor. It'd be a lot of fun. So while our heroes have been discussing and debating and arguing, Hulk has made his way to a construction site where he starts dressing down Rick Jones for what the Hulk feels is a betrayal by Rick teaming up with Cap. And then the Avengers and Fantastic Four promptly show up. So this is one of those times I mentioned that the Fantastic Four at least make a much better attempt at fighting together as a team. And and we, we see a good example here with Iron Man pushes the Human Torch out of the way to get him away from Hulk, but he pushes a little too hard. And so Reed and the Thing use Reed physically as a slingshot and launch him so he can catch Johnny and keep him from falling to his death. It's not a great example, but there is much more of an effort made by the Fantastic Four to work as a team than the Avengers. You know, partially this comes from the fact that they have been a team longer I also think a lot of this has to do with the fact that the Fantastic Four consider themselves family. So there is a much stronger concentrated effort to make that team dynamic happen, whereas the Avengers are all heroes in their own right, in in their own, honestly, in their own solo books. So making them work together isn't nearly as easy as it would come for the Fantastic Four. And quite honestly, from a writing perspective, it's much easier for the Fantastic Four since it's the only book they're in. They they exist only together. And yes, I do know that the Human Torch had his own stories going on in Strange Tales starting back in 1962. However, he is still primarily a member of the Fantastic Four as compared to the Avengers, who are primarily solo heroes and are brought together. Obviously, this will change later when the Avengers lineup changes, but for now, it still holds true. Now, having said all that, we actually do get a little bit of the Avengers helping each other out. Hulk manages to get the upper hand on Iron Man and bury him in some various construction materials, beams and girders and whatnot. And Thor uses his hammer to smash all of it and free Iron Man. It doesn't look like it went particularly well for Iron Man because at the end, he's just kind of hanging off of a girder. But it's a try. It's an attempt. He's trying. Of course, more and more of the fight ensues. We get a little bit more of Thing and Hulk. We get Hulk and Cap again. We get Hulk and Giant Man, which is kind of interesting because at this point, Giant Man is still using pills to change size. So anytime he's Giant Man, you just constantly see his hand up to his mouth popping a pill. 
And it, maybe it's just me, but it looks really stupid. Instead of getting different action panels, we get a different panel from a different angle of Giant Man putting a pill in his mouth. We get three of those panels. And I just don't want to see it. I don't care. That doesn't do it for me. So remember a couple minutes ago how I mentioned that in this issue, Wasp will actually come to play a bigger role? Well, here it is. And I'm really happy for it because Wasp shows up to save the day with an army of army ants? I mean, it's an army of ants. We'll just assume they're also an army of army ants because that works, right? Anyways, the ants swarm Hulk, making him itch like crazy, allowing Rick Jones to come up much closer and, much like I was just talking about pill-popping, throws a gamma-ray treated capsule into Hulk's mouth and he staggers off into the river and when we see him surface, he is Bruce Banner once again. So something that I, I don't think I've mentioned yet on the podcast, there are several times over a couple of the last issues where Stan actually forgets Banner's name. Right? His name is established as Bruce Banner. Stan repeatedly calls him Bob Banner. And, and Stanley is known for making these alliterative names, so they're easier to remember, but obviously that doesn't always work. And this is a prime example of that, where he forgot several times what Banner's name is. So eventually, years from now, that will actually be retconned that Banner's full name is Robert Bruce Banner. So calling him Bob or calling him Bruce, either one's good. But for now, it's Stan goofing up and we'll just hang out and wait for the retcon. So with the menace of the Hulk taken care of, the teams are now free to take their leave of one another. And of course, we get the obligatory, you know, it was good working with you kind of speech. We should do this again sometime. And yeah, we'll do it again in the future. So that's Fantastic Four number 25 and 26. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it's not really an Avengers-heavy issue, so it kind of begs the question, why did I cover these two issues? One, it's a lot of good fights between Hulk and Thing. And, you know, Silver Age comics, there are issues that are very good in terms of plot, right? We get things like Galactus, in a little while we'll get Kang the Conqueror. You know, we introduce a lot of important things in the Silver Age, but it's not necessarily known for super intricate, involved, and interesting plots. So picking out an issue because it's got a lot of really good action sequences is about as good a reason as any for anything in the Silver Age. You might as well play to its strengths. The other reason is between this issue, X-Men number 9, and Avengers number 11, we will effectively pair up the Avengers with most of the major superheroes in the Marvel Universe. Obviously in X-Men number 9, we will get the X-Men, and in Avengers number 11, in a couple of months, we will team up with Spider-Man. So that covers nearly everyone. There's a couple of of lesser characters that we won't interact with for a while, like Doctor Strange, who won't actually join up with the team until issue number 60. But otherwise, between these three issues, we, we cover effectively the entirety of the Marvel Universe. And... Like I talked about before, Marvel is really, really good at that shared universe concept, and I just kind of wanted to help reinforce that. Like I said, there is some good Avengers stuff in these issues. It's just not Avengers-centric. The other reason, and we'll get to this next week, is that it sets up Avengers number five pretty well. We'll actually pick up very shortly after the events of this issue, and we will see the effects of the last two issues on the Avengers. Overall, I think the art on these two issues is really good. I think Fantastic Four overall has a little bit better art than the Avengers. We get better backgrounds, I think, in general in this book. You still get a lot of the monocolor backgrounds and monocolor and ridiculous color backgrounds, purples and things like that. But there are a lot more highly detailed backgrounds than than there are in the Avengers. 
Obviously, by modern standards, these backgrounds are non-existent and dull, but by the standards of the time, they're actually fairly intricate. Like I mentioned, though, as far as story goes, it's pretty blah. The fights are really fun. We get some good dialogue from the thing. Other than that, this is a completely unmemorable series of issues. And again, I have to complain about the second to last page of issue 25. Page number 21 really seemed like the logical place to end the story. And then we get another page of really what looks like filler art and filler panels. So remember, you can find us at AvengersAssembly.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you'd like to be a part of the podcast, you can send comments or questions to Andrew at AvengersAssembly.com. And we'll see if we can get some of those on, on the show. I'd love to hear from you guys. Next week, we will be returning to our Avengers title proper with Avengers number five and the invasion of the Lava Men. All right. Hey. All right. Good job, guys. Let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it.